Welcome to Conspiracy Theoryology, a 12-episode podcast series hosted by Emma Marti, a senior at Piedmont University. Emma and a guest will be discussing and dissecting a theory, all while questioning the origin of the claims. Host Emma Marti and all guests are not supporting any theories, but simply looking at information to dive into the belief of the theory. For the final episode of Conspiracy Theoryology, I am joined again with Dr. Deborah Dooley, Professor of Earth Science at Piedmont University. For this episode, we are talking about conspiracy theories surrounding climate change. As this is the last episode, I want to just thank a couple of people. So first, I want to thank John Dills for being the voice of the intro and outro. All my guests who were able to take time out of their day to talk about conspiracy theories with me, as well as the listeners. So thank you guys. So I did some research and found that some people see climate change as a conspiracy theory because of just for financial reasons, essentially. So some people see it as a hoax because they believe different environmental groups are bribing the climate scientists to change their data in order to receive money and investments in their work. So, I mean, this kind of seems legit because money is like the ultimate goal for a lot of people. And that's the only point where I see it making sense to me. I don't think it's happening. I don't hope it's happening, but I do kind of see it because like I said, money is money. People are going to want money. So I guess ignoring all data, all science behind climate change and global warming and the fact that they are both real, they are all happening. Do you think that this is a good enough reason for people to believe climate change is a hoax? Um, Well, I find this perspective uh, amusing because uh, research, typically research into climate change, climate science, um, yes, they receive funding from outside sources like the National Science Foundation, um, you know, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric uh, Association. Like, funding comes from places to support their research. Scientists doing research are not making a lot of money. And environmentalists that are... mm, advocating on behalf of the climate are making even less money. Mm-hmm. So the idea that they would that that the people studying climate science would change their data to say that it's real and that climate change they don't have to change their data because yeah. we, <laughs> we we know it's real. Um, but the idea that you know that they would do this in such a way to gain money when the Entities that benefit the most from denying climate change are the parties that are primarily responsible. And by mm-hmm. that, I mean um, fossil fuel companies, uh, car manufacturers, mm-hmm. um, power monopolies that use fossil fuels to generate electricity. So those are the real money makers yeah. in this whole issue and they're making amounts of money that far exceed anything that a scientist or an environmentalist would Mm -hmm. gain from getting funded for more research yeah that makes that makes sense (laughs) it doesn't make sense that people think it but it makes sense when you explain it because if people truly believed that that was happening and data was being altered to either support or deny climate change 
you would think that the data would be altered to deny it. So like you said, those companies keep getting richer and richer and richer. Very well stated. That's where I was going, and you just said it in a more direct line. Thanks. That is exactly <laughs> what I was meaning by, yeah. you know, kind of changing the data to represent the – to support the wrong side yeah. of an argument. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, you said it, you said it right. Thanks. You said it, that, that thing. <laughs> well, because, like, if you <sighs> – this is I'm like genuinely getting kind of annoyed and like mad at this because it's like why why would people think that especially something with climate change because so many people are affected by it obviously everyone's affected by it so why would you want to mess with something literally everyone is affected by it in some way shape or form but everyone's affected by it and again if we're talking from the money aspect the people that are going to be adversely affected by it economically are not the entities that are responsible for getting us in this situation mm -hmm. to start with. Yeah. Um, although we are consumers, so we are responsible for how we impact climate change with the choices we make when it comes to you know, energy sources and energy consumption and, I mean, just consuming in general, right? Mm -hmm. um, and buying our SUVs and our H2s that no the Hummers that came back after they were gone because they were horribly fuel yep. efficient and then they came back because gas prices came down I mean idiots yeah. they were gone leave them gone yeah um but uh it's going to end up costing taxpayers and municipalities and people who are uh not making money off the profits from the core causes of mm -hmm. climate change. So in the end, it's going to be a lot more costly. Like you said, who's going to pay for it? We're going to pay for it. Municipalities yeah. are going to pay for it. Um, I've, I've seen some recent stories and studies about how much it's going to cost to make coastal regions safe against sea level rise and increased hurricane duration, mm -hmm. if not frequency, um, due to climate change. Hurricanes are lasting longer. Maybe we don't get more of them, but they're more powerful and more persistent. And billions of dollars are going to have to go into coastal communities to bring infrastructure higher, to bring buildings higher, mm -hmm. homes higher, to everything because sea level is rising at such a dramatic rate. You were just talking and I just had like a light bulb moment where I was just like, why aren't, so we're all aware, like everyone contributes to climate change somehow, intentional or not, because a lot of the times people don't have a choice in how they consume things. So why are those the people who are getting the short end of the stick and why aren't the people who are more intentionally at fault why aren't they being punished somehow okay so there's <laughs> you know i and i this potentially goes down an entire different road of conversation we're about, just gonna go down a rabbit hole that's okay about environmental um justice yeah and environmental inequity mm -hmm. and um yeah and and the haves and the have-nots yeah because those that are going to suffer most from the results of consumer habits are the ones that have the least. Mm -hmm. 
when it comes to climate change, when it comes to resource avail- availability, when it comes to everything. Yeah. Um, and God bless capitalism. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a socialist, but um, and this, but that you know, to be clear, this is just not a United States problem. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a problem in any society where mm-hmm. you have consumption. Yeah, which is everywhere. <laughs> and where you have unequal distribution of resources. Um, so it doesn't, you know. Yeah. Their economic system aside, the people who don't have access are not going to have access and are going to be exposed mm-hmm. to whatever is the hazard yeah. of the day. <laughs> the hazard of the day. <laughs> you know? Um, and it's just that that way everywhere yeah it is it is yeah yeah and the reason that the ultimate responsible parties are not held accountable is because the ultimate responsible parties are the ones that control the power it's so annoying how that cycle works Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter whether it's an aristocracy or uh (laughs) communist or anything yes yeah. Political systems are inherently not kind to the have-nots. That was a fun rabbit hole <laughs> that we just <laughs> veered off into. So, yeah, you know, I'm not a social scientist, but um, a rapidly growing field in environmental science is environmental justice and the intersection of environmental science and social science. Mm-hmm. And how do we approach Problems like climate change as they relate to social systems and environmental systems because they're not separate entities. Mm-mm. They work together. So a conspiracy theory that I would say that disadvantaged groups economically, race, however you want to look at it, disadvantaged groups have every right to believe that it was a conspiracy theory to put them in the position that they are now because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it was not yeah. even a conspiracy theory. It that was is a, a fact. <laughs> it, was a, it was a directed, planned yeah. approach mm-hmm. to dealing with yeah. certain populations. So I'd be pissed too. Yeah. And, yeah. and you could see how some people would think it was, it, that's the thing. Conspiracy is different than misconception. Conspiracy is different than um, misinformation. Uh, what was the other term that we, pseudoscience. Yeah. Conspiracy often has intention. Mm-hmm. And that intention is to make people believe that something is or isn't the case. Mm-hmm. For some kind of gain, personal gain, social gain, political gain. Any type of gain. Conspiracies are uh, deliberate. You know, again, conspiracy theories are real, but negating the understanding of a spherical earth. Yeah. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even put that in a conspiracy theory category because that's just being silly. There's nothing to be gained. Mm-hmm. By promoting a flat earth. There's I guess no advantage to it. You get that attention on you and you're like, oh, people are like, oh, they're a flat earther. And then 
making like a following on like social media and stuff like that so yeah that is there and who knows maybe getting the i don't know how the whole social media works with like how you actually gain money by being yeah. social media you know the advertising or whatever the honestly people that, i don't either i don't know how that all works so yeah they're getting a financial gain but they're not I, you know, I would have to say that some people are doing it not because they believe it, but because it's a it's a media trick. Yeah. Media, yeah. Mm, what are they? Stunt. Stunt. That's it. Media yeah. stunt. Yes. Yeah. Just like all those fake relationships and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. just it's a stunt. Another thing that I find really frustrating is like, why are people putting in so much work for things? that aren't true yeah that's a lot of work it is that's a lot of effort that's what um dvc dr van canford he'll say that in class he'll just be like <laughs> i'm quoting him i'm not saying this is how i view him as a person but he'll say like i'm too stupid to keep up with a lie that's why i always tell the truth mm-hmm. or essentially like paraphrasing that but like, right right to, to make stuff up and to support it and to continue it and to perpetuate it that's a lot of work. It is. I don't and know how they do it. To combat what is actually out there in terms of the truth or the mm-hmm. science, what the science says. I mean, it takes a lot of energy it to does. combat science. Thankfully. Yeah. That weeds out the lazy people. <laughs> exactly. But that sounds bad, but it does. <laughs> The conspiracy theories surrounding climate change almost all really stem from climate change denial, which obviously there's the ones like we kind of talked about, like why it's happening or not why climate change is happening. We know why it's happening, but why denial is happening kind of. Um, So (laughs) I kind of wanted to talk about this because I wanted your perspective on it as well. So I'm an anxious person and I don't really want to let myself believe in climate change and global warming because it scares me so but that doesn't mean I'm gonna like spread all these conspiracy theories and misinformation about something that we have straight up evidence that it's happening so like what would you really say to those people who are climate change deniers not so in the fact that they want to like spread inf- misinformation in a bad way, but just in the fact that like I'm too scared. Well, I would say that anyone who wanted to deny climate change based on fear, mm-hmm. I would say your fear is justified. Your fear of what could potentially happen is legitimate. But knowing that it's legitimate it's not going to minimize your fear but instead of convincing yourself it's not true that fear would hopefully inspire uh, those that are concerned to work on finding solutions mm-hmm. um, and I, I get it I can understand the fear that one would associate with climate change and the potential impacts of climate change but I would say now's not the time to be worried. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to work. Yeah. Find solutions. Um, we already know that um, the amount of warming um, is going to impact 
global sea level rise. Um, we've already exceeded, uh, I had mentioned the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. They have been doing their work since 1988. They have come out with global climate change reports, with the most mm -hmm. recent one being in 2022. Since 1988, people have been ignoring them. And it is a global consortium. It's, you know, the United Nations and WHO, and it's an international group all working together with special working groups to look at how climate change impacts coastal communities, impacts economics, impacts agriculture, impacts land ice coverage, all of these things different groups all working on the same time and what they discovered is by not being scary no one was paying attention so what they did is they changed the format of their climate change report to include the money that's going to cost to include the agricultural land that's going to be lost to include the changes in food production and access to certain resources uh, changes to our marine life community, how it's going to impact fisheries, and um, it still hasn't made people pay enough attention. Yeah. So it's, again, it's, it's totally legit to be afraid mm -hmm. and to have concerns about it, but to, to take that fear and turn it into action. Yeah. And whether it's through personal choices deciding that, oh, okay, I'm going to try to cut, cut back. People don't think, you know, we just, we just hit 8 billion people on the earth yesterday. I remember, I think I read it yesterday. I yesterday, exactly, day before, yeah. we just hit 8 billion people. That's insane. If half of 8 billion people make a change, that's 4 million people. I mean, it doesn't, People say, oh, well, my change is not going to make a difference. Well, you're not the only one making that change. That's true. It, it's, so take the fear and turn it into action. Yeah. Turn it into decision making. Um, sometimes you don't have the resources or the ability to, to change the what you use, what you consume, the car you drive. You know, I, I can't afford an all-electric. Mm -hmm. You know, what a, Teslas are... 40, 50. Ungodly amount of money. Yeah. $50,000, you yeah. know. Right now, not really a solution. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a solution for like the select few. I also learned very recently that based on the most recent report of car safety and reliability, that hybrids are still the way to go. Interesting. Um, so much more dependable, much more reliable, much more efficient um than all electric mm -hmm. so things like your prius um better choice than your tesla and yeah. more reasonably priced too yeah Save but money. In, in terms of you know just reliability yeah and sustainability um and another one of the bad one of the worst performing which kind of makes me laugh a little bit sorry are um really decked out pickup trucks and SUVs because mm -hmm. they're trying to make pickup trucks more and more high-end with more electronics and more yeah. gadgets and um, apparently they aren't holding up very well 
can't imagine you want a lot of fancy electronics in a pickup truck but yeah um no so that was that was interesting so mm-hmm. our solution of going electric going hybrid might be a better compromise yeah and more affordable if people can make that switch mm-hmm. i know i've talked about going to a hybrid and carpool and do all those things that's mm-hmm. going to put solar panels on the house and it does take that fear turn it into yeah. action because i'm gonna obviously speak for myself here but it's just like that fear in me it i feel like this can be said for a lot of people who have this fear it can kind of dishearten them from even wanting to make that change because it's just like these big corporations are the ones who are really to blame for what's happening and they're really the ones that are like going to make the biggest difference if they change their practices or biggest visible difference but i mean when you said like half of eight billion, four billion people making a change that's four billion people making a change and making an effort to change so butterfly effect something's gonna change well and i that's another thing that i want to make a make a pretty strong point of is things are going to be different we are not going to stop what's going on in terms of climate change so does that mean we shouldn't try no 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 we have to recognize that the situation is going to be different mm-hmm. we're going to have to adapt to whatever those differences are we should still do everything within our power to not make it worse yeah you know yeah um but also recognize things are going to change no matter what we do. Yeah. Let's just try to try to minimize. Mm-hmm. Try not to make it worse. Yeah. Instead of saying, ah, it's going to happen anyway. Let's yeah. just do whatever we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's, there's mm-hmm. uh, they called it, you know, paralysis by analysis. If you sit down and you think about everything too long, you end up doing nothing, which is not a good way to live your life either. I think no. students do that with their schoolwork. I was about to say that <laughs> because, like, I'll have the thing, like, I'll open Canvas and everything, and I'll see, like, everything that I have to do, and I'm like, that's a lot. I don't want to do that, so I do nothing. Yeah. But then, like, just writing it all out and, like, doing a little to-do list. That To-do lists are your best, they are my are. best friend. They are. And and you should add very short little things on your to-do list as long as well as the bigger ones. So you yeah. have things that you can actually check off. That's what I'll, I'll like reorder my to-do list of yeah. like more attainable things first. So stopping climate change. At the bottom. Yeah. Maybe not even put it on the checklist. Yeah. But, you know, carpooling one day a week. Eating, mm-hmm. uh, not eating meat mm-hmm. one day a week. Um, recycling. Recycling. Yes, yeah. please. Uh, yeah. There are lots of little things you can put on your checklist that's one of the things that I really wanted to get out of this because I know in my heart that there are little things that everyone can do that'll make a difference but it's just putting it out there so if you're listening to this add (laughs) add something like that to your to-do list take take a shorter shower turn off lights if you're not using them stuff like that and wash your hands for the full 20 seconds yes but please do turn the tap off while you're doing it yeah I never thought about that that's embarrassing for me. <laughs> yes. You can sing your ABCs and wash your hands at the same time, but do take the little elbow and keep the water oh. from running the whole time. Huh. 
Yeah. The more Same you know. thing with brushing your teeth. I do that. Yes. I do that. But if you think 20 seconds, 20 seconds of water going down the sink is a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of water when you stop and think about it. But if you're not in a, like, if you're not. If you're not in a position where you have to think about stuff like that, it's hard to f- start getting in that habit. Yes. If you're not yeah. getting your water from a gallon jug that you've gone to a well to extract, you're not thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ending on a sad note. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. <coughs> everybody can, everybody can uh, do their part. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it, hopefully maybe it just motivates people to do. Yeah. Like you said, a little bit something extra yeah meatless friday meatless friday yeah. meatless monday Make meatless it monday easy to remember well for me it's meatless every day so yeah <laughs> you know what's funny every time this is kind of off topic but it just reminded me you're because you just said you don't eat meat so Correct. it just reminded me was it you you don't eat meat because you saw the chicken truck Yes. Every time I drive past a chicken truck, I think of you. <laughs> don't make eye contact. I Do don't. Not make eye contact. It makes me so sad to see, though. I'm just like, yeah. oh. I moved back to Georgia in 1996, 97, and I started driving from Athens, and I guess I never realized because I just went to UGA, and I really didn't leave Athens that much. Yeah. I didn't realize how many chicken houses and Mm -hmm. trucks and like the entire time I was in grad school I never interacted with that many chicken things yeah and then I started making the commute up here to Demarest and going through Baldwin and you know around Gainesville I was like oh holy chicken like where chicken (laughs) where did all these come from and then you would get too close and it would splatter on my car and then you look at them and they'd see little sad malformed chickens and I was Mm -hmm. like yeah nope I'm done yeah. And ironically, I mean, that was back in the 90s, I guess, late 90s, early aughts. And whenever, back then, when you would tell people you were a vegetarian, they would be like, but you still eat chicken, right? How is that? That defeats the purpose of vegetarian. So, you know, in the. Wait, I'm confused. I know. I know. It's like, it, uh, no, still don't eat chicken. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it was funny. Yeah. Not a lot of people, when there are far more vegetarians today than there yeah, were, for sure. in, you know, in the in the late 90s. So yeah. Eating chicken apparently didn't keep you from being a vegetarian. Yeah. I don't know. But I guess not. Yep. That's yeah. why I became a vegetarian. I was seeing the sad little chickens in all I, their cages stacked I up very, on the chicken very, like, very, very vividly remember you talking yeah. about that in class one day. It's stuck. Oh. If nothing else, that's stuck. So you, you might know a granite when you see it, but I do. you definitely know. Exactly. I know <laughs> a granite. the chicken truck. Exactly. So. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, yeah. I just want to thank you again for joining me on this podcast. It was so much fun. So much fun. I rarely get to talk to students for more than like, you know, five, ten minutes at a time. It's sad that a podcast has to be an excuse for that. <laughs> but, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, my office is always open. Anyone want to come talk to me? Come on by. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Conspiracy Theoryology. Be sure to tune in every Friday for a new episode with host Emma Marti. Keep an eye open. Someone's always watching.